Hi, I'm Rick Atkins, pastor here at CFCC. Welcome. We hope you enjoy this sermon and that God uses it to grow you in your relationship with Him. Before we get started, our goal is not to replace your investment in a local church with online content. We were made for community. We want to encourage you to engage in a local church with your gifts. See, when the people of God invest in the community of God, they experience the transformative power of God. And that is our hope and prayer for you. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the sermon. You know, it was, uh, it was probably about 24 years ago, and um, I remember sitting in my office at Carolina Forest High School, right, and still had to wear a hard hat because we didn't quite finish on time, and um, I'm sitting in my office, and I'm trying to figure out how to start a complete athletic program at a brand new high school, and uh, way over my head. And I hear a knock at the door, and um, a gentleman comes in, and he asks, you know, are you Mark Roach? Kind of a loaded question, right? And um, the first, my first thought was, oh, boy, here comes another parent that's going to tell me exactly what we need to do and how we need to do it. That's as honest as I can be. But little did I know what an incredible God appointment that this was. A guy walks in, and, and um, he introduces himself. He says, hi, I'm Mac Lake. And he said... I wanted to talk to you uh, because I'm starting a, a new church in the area. And he said, Shane Williamson, who was our football coach at the time, had said that you and Mary Beth were moving from Garden City and that that was a little too far. And that, you know, not only that, but you wanted to be possibly be a part of uh, the community that you were now living in. He went on to tell me that, that God had given him a, a vision for this community and what it would one day look like. Now, you got to understand, when he was looking at this, there was a deer stand where the Kroger sign is. No, no kidding. And, and, and so um, he went on to say this. He said, now, Mark, this might, church might be just a little different than what you're used to. And he said, we have a slogan that is called a new kind of church for a new kind of community. Now, remember, guys, this was 24 years ago, 24 years ago. And he was talking about a casual dress code. And the reason for that casual dress code is because he had gone through and talked to different people. And one of the things they said is they didn't feel like sometimes they had the right suit or the right dress. And, and that we wanted everyone here to, to feel welcome. He said that, that we will be heavily involved in the local community. I remember our church picking up trash after the high school football games. He said, children will be the focus point of this church. I think that's, that's a great thing and, and still happening. And he said, the music will be contemporary. And yes, 24 years ago, I had to ask what that meant. I, I, I did. He went on to explain that they, they were, would start meeting in the, or that they were meeting in the elementary school until they could get some land purchased. So I went home and, and did what every smart husband does. I asked my wife what she thought. And, um, and so we, we, we tried it out. And, and, and guys, to be totally honest, it was different. It was different. It was different than anything I had ever seen or been a part of. But what I knew was the message was great. So was the music. It was just really, really loud. And um, I think that what really sealed the deal for us was this. We get in the car and we're on the way home. And, and my son Brandon and my daughter Casey look at us and go, hey, this place is incredible. And I'm like, what? And they're like, this place is incredible. We, we enjoy it. It's fun. It's exciting. It's good. And I think you know if your kids are excited about church, man, we're in. You know, we're in. 
So that kind of sealed the deal. And then about, for about a couple of weeks, uh, I began to have meetings with, with Shane Williamson and a guy named Joe Outlaw and Mac, who were the elders. And they asked me to start praying about becoming an elder. And uh, the next thing I know, we're, we're meeting in the, in the uh, bonus room above Mac's garage. And um, I'm still, guys, I'm still blown away by how much God grew me during that time and by how much love these men had for Christ in their life. It was, it was really amazing. But I tell you that, then Joe and, uh, and, and uh, Shane got, got different appointments from God because uh, Shane went on to be with FCA and then had worked his way up. He's now the president of FCA Worldwide. Pretty impressive. Um, and then Joe went to Atlanta to be one of the leaders in the North American Mission Board. And I remember Mac looking at me and saying, where are you going? I said, well, no one wants me, so I think I'm here. And uh, he said, well, great, because he said, we've got two things that we've got to get going on really, really quick. He said, the first thing is this. If we don't have proof of land in the next six weeks, we can no longer meet in the elementary school. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and he said, the second one is, is that we need to start something for families in this community as soon as possible. So the very first miracle was the land. I mean, you talk about amazing. The paper mill was willing to sell us 15 acres of usable land right in the middle of Carolina Forest. Well, God wasn't finished yet because a man by the name of David Bishop was able to come in and somehow delineate the wetlands. And guess what? The 15 acres became 25 acres. Unbelievable. Guys, we purchased the whole track for $225,000 24 years ago. Can you imagine what this land is worth today in the middle of Carolina forest? Unbelievable. And then we begin building what you are now sitting in today. And, and, and the reason that it looks the way it does is because we needed a multi-purpose type building with the hope that it would be used all during the week and not just on Sundays. It just seemed like such a waste to just be open on Sundays. And, and then the reason that you see a metal building is, is truly because we wanted to get as much square footage as we could for the budget that, that we had. And, and hopefully that explains why you're sitting on a basketball court this morning. Well, I remember, you know, also with that, the first field that we ever built. If you ever walk out outside, the t-ball field is the small field that we have. And um, one day uh, we had a, a fence company, a local fence company that had leftover fencing from a project. Thank you, God. Then a gentleman calls and says, hey, we have something called paspalum grass. He said it, 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 it works where it can work with brackish water or a little bit of salt water. And, and we want to see how it works in your area. Yeah, bring it on. And, and, and that's, that's, how we, that's how we got started. That's how we were kind of off and running. And, and then like any church, I want you to understand too, we had challenges. I mean, we had challenges. I remember one day Matt calling me at work and he says, Mark, we can either pay the staff or we can pay our bills, but we don't have both, enough to pay both this week. And, and so, you know, obviously we, we paid the staff and then that Sunday was an amazing offering and we were able to pay bills. And guys, I share that story with you because God has always taken care of this place. I've watched it. Well, 
I could spend so much time sharing with you about the history of this church, but I just wanted to give you that glimpse. I wanted you to see how we got started. I wanted you to see where we've been before we start praying about where we feel like God's taking us next. And so, so I hope that, that, that you can see that because I do need you to understand this. This vision that we're talking about, and you'll see, this vision is so far above our heads. It is so far beyond anything that just we could do or pull off. It is a God-sized vision. So I keep going back to Romans 8.31 that says, if God is for it, who could ever, ever be against it? And guys, i got to believe that God is for his kingdom expanding. So before we kind of get into uh, sharing kind of my first portion of, of what's going on today with, with what we're looking at, I think as individuals and as a congregation, I, th- I think we have some work to do. I think we have some work to do. Because we have to understand that we, what we are about to do, right? It might just be for the next generation. It might just be for the next generation, which means that many of us may never, ever get to see what we're working for. Now, I don't know if that'll be the case or not, because God could fast forward this tomorrow. One of you might be sitting on about 10 million, which is great. I don't know. But here's the thing. If not, guys, we got to be just as excited to have the honor of doing this for others as we would be if he allows us to do it very quickly and we see the fruit of what's happening. We got to be able to do that. And guys, you know, I I realize that that is very hard. I realize that's hard because this is going to be an investment. And the thing about investments is in our world, we want to know, hey, what's in it for me? What's the return? What am I going to get out of this? Right? That's what the world's telling us. And so, so I've just been thinking a lot about that. You know, how, how do we do that? Right? How can you and I, how can we as a church have a godly perspective about sacrificing possibly for many years for the good of other people that we don't even know? How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we do that in God's way? And I think I found our answer in the book of Mark. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to camp out in Mark today, Mark chapter 12. And I want to share something with you. Now, in the beginning of this chapter, what's going on is there's this dialogue going on between Jesus and the religious leaders. And this conversation is about to happen because the leaders just realized that Jesus was describing them as the unrighteous, rebellious vine growers in the parable that he just told of the vineyard owner. They didn't like that. So, so all these leaders, they, they sit down together to create this plan to somehow trap Jesus in his own words so that they could then discredit him. But, but what's so crazy about that is this. They hated each other. They hated each other. The different types of religion in that day thought they were right, and they hated each other. But the one thing they hated more was the threat of their lifestyle and their power being gone. Because that's what Jesus represented. All right, so they've made their plan, right? And, and, and they're ready. And they, 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 now they're ready to try to start outsmarting Jesus. I, I wouldn't suggest that to anyone this morning. But, but that's what they do. 
And of course, Jesus makes them look very, very foolish. He makes them look very foolish several times. But at the very end of that, there's one man, and he approaches Jesus with what I believe is a very sincere, honest question. And he says this, very, very simple but very powerful question. He says, Jesus, of all the commandments, which is the most important? That's a great question, right? Because he's asking Jesus, what commandment, what commandment is it from God that gets to the very heart of everything else, right? What's the one commandment, the one commandment that all other commandments are built off of? That's what this guy's asking. He's saying, Jesus, out of the 613 commandments in the Old Testament, which one is the greatest? And, and, and I love what Jesus, he, he kind of answers it like, well, well that's easy. Right? Because in Mark 12, 29 through 31, Mark 12, 29 through 31, listen to Jesus' answer. He says this. He says, the most important one, answer Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. So I think the very first thing that we have to understand is it's a commandment, not a request. Amen? It's a commandment, not a request. Because here, Jesus declares that out of all the nuggets, all the wisdom, all the miracles in the Bible, what matters most is our growing, loving relationship with the one true God. That's what matters most. You see, you and I were made, we, we were created to love God. We were created to love him with everything we are, physically, mentally, spiritually. We are to give him our total devotion, our total allegiance. And guys, nothing comes before him. Easy to say, hard to do, but nothing comes before him. Not our spouse, not our children, not the orphanage you support, not, not our church, not even our favorite football team. Nothing, nothing, nothing comes before God. You see, God has to be first in our lives so that he can then control how everything else comes and in what order. Our love, our love for God has to continue growing each day because when we truly love him with all we are, he then allows us to love others in a way that we never could. You see, that's why the second part of this commandment is so important, but that's why it comes in the order that it comes. Because you and I can only love others as ourselves when the love of God is so in us that it's coming out of us. You see, as our love for him continues to grow deeper and deeper, so does our love for others. You're going to hear that over and over and over today. Because you have to see that's why this is so important to get right, right? You have to see and understand why Jesus declares that there is no greater commandment than these. Because it's the foundation that everything else is built off of. Do you know that's even why Jesus was able to do what he did for us? Can you see that? Because of his incredible love for God, he then had an incredible love for us. Our love for God will determine our love for others. 
And guys, only God's love can allow you and I to want what he wants more than what we want. So here's my prayer, that individually and as a congregation as a whole, here's my prayer, that we can start asking and begging God to truly grow our love for him. That we could control, that he would control our love for him, that he would make this hunger inside of us with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Because here's what I do know. When we get this right, watch what God will do. When we get this right as a congregation, as a body, watch what God will do. And and guys, please know this. This is not a plea for your money. I'm not trying to get in your wallet today. And, and, And if you don't believe that, then you don't truly understand who God is. You know, there's a rumor that he created the entire world and everything in it without one church offering. Isn't that incredible? You see, he doesn't know in our money, but what he does know is this, and he's telling us that as our love for him grows, he then allows our love for others to grow. And when we can get that, when we can truly understand that, now, now we're ready. Now we're ready. Now we have the right frame of mind to move forward and do what he's calling us to do. And really what he's calling us to do is love others the way Christ loves us. You see, when that happens, there is such a purpose and a passion and a desire in our lives. When God talks about an abundant life, wake up each day and realize that you're doing something for the kingdom. Wake up each day and realize that what you do has an effect on other people and that your job is to point them to him and you're trying to do that and see if you don't wake up excited. That's the abundant life that God talks about, guys. That's the abundant life. So, so let me do this. Let me, let me share three areas that we feel like God's leading us towards, okay? Let me, let, me lead, let me give you three areas that we feel like God's leading us towards and hopefully why. The first is this. It's a CFCC Freedom Center. This will be a center focused on helping those who find themselves caught in some type of addiction. You see, our desire is to provide a pathway of recovery that's rooted in the gospel of Jesus, which is the only place to find true freedom, right? So we don't want to just heal them physically. We want to help heal them spiritually. That's the goal. I, I want to give you some statistics in this area. Check this out. About 21 million people today have at least one addiction. 21 million. But only 10% of those people receive treatment. That, that blew me away. Drug overdoses have tripled since 1990. Since 1999, more than 700,000 people have died from drug overdoses. About 88,000 people die each year in America as a result of alcohol. And about 130 Americans die every day from an opioid overdose. You see, our prayer is that this CFCC Freedom Center would provide opportunities for not only healing from addiction, but spiritual healing as well. Can you imagine the impact 
that this center could have on this community. The, the second one that, 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 that we're seeing is the CFCC dormitory. Now, this dormitory would sleep at least 40 people with the ability to have a small cafeteria in the middle as well. And, and, and the, the cool thing is the building would be designed in a way where we could host both males and females together but with separate quarters, or it could be used totally by one or the other. I mean, I want you to imagine the possibilities here. The first thing that, that, that comes to mind is a, a huge men's or women's retreat. I mean, think about that. we got the worship center here. We've got the student center if we need it. We've got classroom space to break out in. Now we can feed them, get them a shower, put them to bed, get them up the next morning and have 25 acres to sprawl out and do your morning quiet time. That's a pretty cool venue, isn't it? Or, or, or maybe we can start housing interns wanting to study and get firsthand experience in children's ministry, youth, worship ministry, or sports ministry. And guys, because of where we live, hurricanes and flooding are going to always, always be a concern. Now we have the ability to host emergency management crews or maybe even families whose homes have been damaged or destroyed. And then we're constantly, constantly bombarded with churches who want to bring members of their congregation here. They want to come to the beach and get real-life experience in not only sharing the gospel but serving. And now we can house them without sleeping bags on the gym floor. And we could now host summer athletic camps or tournaments with teams from all over the United States. You see, this dormitory is really just another incredible tool to get people on our campus. Because when we get people on our campus, it allows us the opportunity to be a part of shaping and growing their walk with Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. Now, this third piece is a little close to my heart, I have to admit. It is the uh, multi-purpose sports ministry building. And, and, and I say that because what this does is it gives us the opportunity to try to keep up with this rapidly growing community. It's unbelievable. A full-size gym allows us to, uh, to the ability to practice and play with twice as many participants as we can right now. And it also gets us out of the youth building, which looks absolutely amazing now, and, and, and it allows that building to serve for groups and other events that, that, that need to go on in our church. You see, I don't know how many of you know, but between baseball, football, basketball, and summer camp, we're well over 1,000 kids and coaches and kids together in a year. Now, some of those kids are repeats. I want to be totally honest with you there. But, but that's the number, and it's just continuing to grow. And what's really been exciting for me is it's just starting to happen where we have young parents in T-ball who actually played in this place when they were a kid, and now they're bringing their kids back. I, I think that that is so amazing. But, but the thing that excites me so much about sports ministry is this, and we've got some work to do to continue doing this, but it can serve as the front porch for the church. And you're like, well, what do you mean? It's in the back. What I mean by that is this, is you see, what, what happens is there are many who are unchurched, and, 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 and they can come to the sports ministry, and they can kind of see who we are at a safe distance. That, that, that's what's happening. And guys, here's what I know about a front porch. If it's, if it's warm, and it's loving, and it's inviting, most people want to go inside. 
And so, so what I'm hoping is, is that we can serve as that, that vehicle for some that are unchurched that, that may see that, that, that you know, they're, they're, we're not doing anything crazy here, right? We're just sharing the gospel. And so, so I, I, I thank you for that opportunity, and I just I hope you can see that. But, but what we have to understand is this. You see, to do any of this, to even start this, to pull this off, somehow you and I have to truly be willing to love others as ourselves. Now, we can sit here and say with our holy caps on that that's easy, but it's not. It is not easy. It's not the way of this world, right? It goes against everything that we've been taught. But what Jesus is telling us is that the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment is for us to love the Lord God with everything that we are. Everything that we are. Now, I will tell you, standing right here, I fall way short of that. There are days. There are days. But then there are days. So what I would ask you to do today is just be so cognizant of that. When you wake up in the morning, be so cognizant of that. Guess what? You don't wake up unless he allows you. We don't breathe another breath unless he allows us. We're sinners doomed for hell if it wasn't for God. We have nothing. There are so many ways to fall deeper in love with God when we give him the time and the energy and the effort to find out who he is and what he is. But the world is going to make us rush. And God's going, slow down. Find out who I am. Take 30 minutes of that sleep time, Mark, and get up and find out who I am and fall more in love with me. Because when you do, you're going to fall more in love with others. Rick and Tyler and I, were, um, we were talking the other day. And I truly believe that there will never be another church five miles off the coast of Myrtle Beach with 25 acres of land to work with. I just don't see that happening. And guys, my, my prayer is as a church that, that, that we're able to see this vision, that we're able to see what God has for us next. And whether it's for our generation or the next, who cares as long as we're getting it done? And more and more people can stay out of hell. This is a fast-growing community, one of the fastest in the southeast. And we've been given not only an incredible opportunity, but, guys, we've been given an incredible responsibility. Will it be hard? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, will it require sacrifice? Absolutely. And will there be opposition? Of course. Anytime that God's kingdom is about to expand, Satan's coming, right? Of course there will be. But I go back to Romans 8.31. If our God, guys, if our God, the king of everything, the creator of all, if our God is for it, who could ever be against it? Right? Who could go against God? Who can defeat who can defeat the King of kings and the Lord of lords? 
but we got to believe. What if this? What if you and I, what if we got to be a part of a group of people who set this church up not only to be the spiritual hub of this community, but we put it on such a firm foundation that it survives and stays a Christ-believing, God-fearing church until the day that Jesus Christ comes back. Man. Right? Guys, that, that, that's a legacy. That's a legacy. But again, it will not happen until you and I get right. It will not happen unless you and I are able to love God more than we do today. Because you see, when we stop, then our love for others grows cold. And when we stop, the world creeps in. It's a continuous daily thing to wake up, to realize where we are and whose we are, and to fall more in love with him daily. Let me pray. Heavenly Father God, I just, I just thank you. I thank you so much for today, God. Lord, I, I pray, I pray, Lord God, that, that as we sang earlier, that Jesus would be in the center of all this. I pray, God, that, that, that our desires would grow more pure every day. Not that we could look out and go, look what we've done. Not that we can go check our church out, but that we can go, we have an opportunity to bring more people on campus and share Jesus Christ. You see, God, it has to be for your glory. And, Lord, even when it gets good, and I know one day it will, when it gets amazing, may you always get the glory. And may it always be about you. God, this church has had an amazing history, and you've been with it every single day. But I believe the best is yet to come. I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for this congregation and who they are and, 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 and how they desire to love you more. And I pray that that will continue generation after generation after generation. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen.